There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome back to The Woke Man series. Ladies and gentlemen, from wherever you are tuning in around the world, this is the greatest case study on man because we're looking at the conscious journey of man and how they come back into their truth and what that looks like. You know, we can see back in the history of time, there's been an interesting journey with men as we've culturally shifted generationally shifted and 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 some of the older paradigms of what it means to be a man now are are needing to change and that's the the aim of this podcast is to see so you can see listening to this that there is a pathway and it doesn't have to be the way it's always been and and there is a possibility and, and some hope for you to change right now and today i'm with another brother mr pav how are you man doing great sir thanks for having me on the show you're more than welcome, brother. First question is, where did you grow up and where do you live now, man? I uh, grew up in Bulgaria, a very rural. It's not even a city. It's a, it's a town. Um, 31 years ago. Wow, time flies. Um, <laughs> up until recently, I was living in London. Before that, I was in Thailand. I came back to Bulgaria because of all of these uh, pandemic situation. Uh, so I'm currently kind of laying, in, laying low here, um, have a little bit more time for the family and then uh, afterwards when kind of things clear up a little bit or or don't depending on uh, on the situation we'll see where i where i go from there yeah do you plan on traveling outside of europe uh potentially a couple of my buddies are actually in bali actually more than a couple yeah so everybody's like yeah come come over here like there's a lot of people primed for men's work and retreats and all these kind of things Uh, i know that there is a kind of a workaround with a business visa that you can go there yeah. Keep- uh, so, yeah, it it is something to to consider because I don't think they're going to be opening up anytime soon. So, we'll see. Knuckle down, hey! It's like just hanging in. Like everyone seems to have to just deal with where they're currently at right now in this time in life. Has it has it presented many like mental challenges, emotional challenges for you? This COVID thing. Uh, whilst I was in, in London, uh, not working out, I mean, I had to kind of come up with my own workout routine because all the gyms were closed. Uh, I do jujitsu. So also that also stopped. Awesome. Uh, so I had to like take, you know, big bottles of water, fill them up with, with like uh, water and just kind of knuckle down and just work out that way. Yeah. Um, and also a little bit disconnected from nature. That was really kind of what was worrying me a little bit, but after I came back to Bulgaria, roughly, I don't know, eight months now, I think, um, things are a lot more, uh, a lot more loosened up here. So you can travel, you can, you know, go in nature. So, and I can do jujitsu. So, so far it's working out. Awesome. You love it. How long have you been doing jujitsu for? Uh, I think I started late 2018 for about three or four months. Uh, I did my first competition in Thailand and oh. then I stopped I came, I would say roughly eight, maybe eight months total, eight or nine months. So I'm relatively new to this, but man, it's like, it's awesome. I've become 
mildly addicted to it yeah <laughs> yeah i started in bali just recently well but in the last year um mm. and just gonna start back up here in vancouver i found a good uh, nice gracie baja one and so i'm excited man it's so awesome eh? it's so but once mentally, mentally, physically, it really humbles you, keeps your ego in check. Um, I'm saying the same thing that pretty much every white belt says, you know, why I didn't discover this 10 years ago. Like the trajectory that I think my life would have taken. But anyways, who knows? But um, it's one of those things like it's I think it's the, it gives you the pressure uh, and the challenge that men really need. And really this mentally and physically exerting yourself is very intimate. It's not like boxing or kickboxing. Yeah, uh, you're basically in a fight with another man without punching. Which yeah, totally. You use a lot of your brain too. You got to think. You got to think. Of where's your foot go? Where's your hand go? Where's your head go? What do I do next? Because every position mm-hmm. you can either get submitted or hurt. You know, I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Good on you, man. <laughs> yes, sir. How old you now, Pav? Uh, I'm thirty-one. Thirty-one. Thirty-one right now. Mm-hmm. Awesome, brother. Awesome. And what are you doing for a living? Uh, right now, I work in a in a tech startup, so I'm doing their sales and marketing. And on the side, I'm pushing men with purpose retreats, uh, men's groups, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Cool, brother. And what's are you planning to move into more men's work full time, or do you love like having that fifty fifty? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of I I think wholeheartedly for me. I've uh, I found that this is the the work that I want to kill me. So I really want to be doing this for the rest of my life spreading this pushing more into the mainstream because we really need it like i've i've i'm like of the belief and maybe we can get into this a little bit more that men's work or the lack of men's work is at the core of majority of the major issues that we're seeing right now in the world Mm -hmm. i see that and what does that how do you go go a little deeper on that just for me while while we're on that topic what what do you mean the core issues that is happening in this world and, and and how do you think that it could be fixed through men's work well, I think most of the things right now in civilization are created by men. And when I say men, I mean just human beings, right? Um, I'll give a couple of metaphors so listeners and viewers of this can kind of follow my thought process. And please bear with me, English is not the first language, so I'm trying, <laughs> trying my best here. So, you know, one thing is the uh, climate change. You know, all these kind of things, right? Uh, glaciers melting, um, there's problems with food supplies. Um, uh, climate, you know, temperatures increasing, the sea level increasing, all these kind of things are really interlinked and connected. Uh, the CO2 emissions <clears throat> increasing, all of this is connected to climate change, right? But even though they look very different things, right? They're, they're very different, uh, how to say, maybe different factors, or they, they don't seem that they're connected. Yeah. Same thing with social media, right? You have anxiety, you have people becoming suicidal, you have people that are um having all these kind of um disorders just because they're really literally glued up to their phones right and all these are probably not doing it justice by explaining it in the best possible way but all of these um all of these factors are actually linked to majority of that to social media people have seen social the social dilemma which is a great movie which i really recommend um all those things are actually related because we look, we're paying more and more attention to this, you know, uh, technology. Mm. Now with men's work, what I see, or at least if, if I look at specifically to the leaders that are leading right now, the world and all these kind of things, I don't see that many great role models. I'm talking, and maybe this is too, uh, maybe, um, maybe too old school a little bit, but I don't see a person, a human being, a man, if you will, that they really look up to and say, wow, I really want to be like this guy. Mm. And you have people that maybe a little bit corrupt in the sense of their morals are corrupt. Uh, their values is not, are not quite there. They're comfortable lying without going into two specifics and pointing fingers, but um, just the whole political scene and people who are in power, so to speak, especially the men and i i can't talk about women because um, you know it's i'm really more focused on, on that type of uh, type of uh, uh through those lenses let's say yeah um I, I i don't see people as as being honorable men if this makes sense yeah yeah it's definitely like that i totally know what you're saying with like the whole role model aspect that mm. just 
don't look like they're one of those people that really want you want to wholeheartedly inspire to be but also saying that we probably don't see much of their um their 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 personal lives so it's hard to to get it mm. but um mm. that's a good point that's, yeah that's a good point you know because it's it's like the classic thing of like when you get brought up to be thinking that rich people are bad and then you meet a couple of rich people and you're like oh you're actually not oh. you know like you give away a lot of money <laughs> you know you're actually you've got some really good philosophies and blah 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 yeah and that's it's my own personal experience because but it's like mm. you think you got money and you're and you're a wanker and you're conditioned to think that way so i try and i try not to look too deeply until i know the person personally at mm -hmm, least mm -hmm. you know that's a good point it's a good perspective i think my when i say this that men or the lack of men's work is at the challenge uh, at, at the core of something like this i think there's still more facts and more stories and kind of be still maintaining you know flexibility being open-minded to hear other people's opinions man that's the i think geez if you like everyone has that quality alone what you just said to be mm. open-minded to just to listen to other people's oh this world will be so different for sure because but everyone Oof. so you said it you said it before the ego you're like oh like i don't want to be wrong like i don't want to be wrong because mm. mm. then i look bad but mm. can't take on other people's opinions because we think it's a, a personal attack. <laughs> I, I have a girlfriend right now that I'm, you know, we're seeing, uh, you know, seeing each other a little bit more seriously. Man, she's a doctor. We, we disagree on a lot of things and we're still able to come back and say, you know what? I disagree with this. I respect your opinion. I might disagree with it, but it's still okay, right? And we can still have a constructive conversation. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's, it's the fact that we're way too early in the relationship, but... That's man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for sure but i'm open to this like i want to challenge myself in every way possible i don't want to be the person that kind of sweeps things out in the comfort there's so many men doesn't I, I have been for a very long time so yeah i don't want to be that i want to be better beautiful brother beautiful man i love that what's one thing you're really mm. good at pav mm. i think as cliche as the sound um curious i'm i'm uh, uh, is, is to listen i'm always very curious like even right now speaking to you i'm like wow i'm wondering how this interview is gonna go like what's gonna come up for me what's gonna come up from for the interviewer how is this gonna work out like there's this genuine curiosity in me in pretty much everything i start right um mm. what i'm really good at is really listening try to be present as much as possible and stay here and just see you know see how how things unfold Mm, beautiful man beautiful what's your biggest fear right now mm. i'll give a little bit more um more i would say complex answer but besides what's happening in the world right now with this pandemic mm -hmm. literally uh, or personally for me is i have a very strong sense of the type of man i want to become and when i say this i mean the type of friend the type of brother the type of son the type of father the type of husband i want to be overall man and me not being able to live up to those high standards uh, is really eating me inside um, sometimes i wake up with this idea of mm, okay how are you you know getting closer to this ideal that you've set for yourself and actually not being able to achieve that is eating me up inside so that's kind of driving me forward mm. is there something you feel like you is there a reason why you feel like you won't achieve it right now no right now i'm really thinking that i'm almost aligned like um with what i want to be doing and uh, i've recently done a little bit of uh, a work actually getting coaching from from another men's facilitator uh around some of the things that i've had in terms of like toxic or limiting beliefs and um Particularly right now, I don't necessarily think that anything is going to stop me, stop me despite what's happening in the world right now. Mm. So, no, I don't think so. Okay, cool, man. That's good. Love that. Mm. What's your favorite quote? I think it was by uh, Marcus Aurelius. Nothing happens to anyone that he is not already fitted by nature to bear. Hmm. Uh, and... You know, there's a gazillion problems that might have happened centuries ago, right? You don't really have a new problem. You might have a problem that you think is new, but if you go back in time, someone, someone will already have that problem, just mm. that they would have resolved it. So you're already equipped with all these things. Obviously, easier said than done, right? Someone is listening right now. Yeah, how, how are you going to solve this? Well, if you really 
study a little bit more and you find this and you know google isn't at our fingertips right now youtube as well i think we can as cliche as this and i'm trying to stay away from being over generalizing but i do believe that majority of the problems that right now we are facing um we could find a way to you know go around or resolve i mm. hey mean i really love that quote it's like we are stronger than we think and we don't grow unless we have some sort of challenge or test that just gets ourselves out of that little box that we placed ourselves in or society's placed ourselves in i love that quote right on right on Mm. and next question what's a conscious man to you Mm, what's a conscious man Hmm. I, i think someone who is in touch with his shadow um isn't shying away for, for, from any type of conversation, um, isn't really too impressed with uh, wealth or being around people maybe that have a little bit higher status than him, um, is pursuing something more meaningful than just material possessions. Mm. Um, I think in, both incorporating feminine and masculine side, in, in which way people choose to define that, and be okay with it like has done also the inner work right all the the shadows that we, we keep dragging in that we've kind of looked into the closet that more majority of men sadly never choose to enter there and really see what's actually in there mm. um yeah i really like how you say that in touch with his in touch with his shadow what do you mm. mean by that i mean this is the the part of me which i don't see right this is uh, and i'm still actually learning more and more about the shadow and how to work with that not only just with myself but also with you know in a group setting mm. but you know every single time when you get triggered by something um let's say for example it's in an intimate relationship right you you get triggered by someone speaking to your partner or someone flirting with them you're like whoa okay why is this triggering me right this is a something i really need to deal with right now it's not me projecting it on my partner because that could spark a whole separate conversation and oftentimes it has nothing to do with them it's just inner demons or things that you're gifts that you're carrying inside of you which you're not allowing to to show up and if so why is that right how is that manifesting in your life and what could have actually caused it oftentimes and again not to generalize here it has to do something that might have happened probably at an earlier stage mm-hmm. maybe when you were in your, as a kid maybe father mother uh, something else happened to you um that that might cause this shadow to to show in, in a way and especially when, when you are dealing with um, intimate relationships I don't know about you, but I've read quite a lot. And I think I even had a, uh, not, not a friend, but a friend of a friend who was very jealous, very insecure in that, in his masculinity and his kind of own image uh, that ended up, I think, killing himself or killing his partner or something like that, just because it, w- it was within that rage, obviously not, not really connected to this shadow side, which led to, unfortunately, lethal consequences. Mm-hmm. So it's quite important not to do anything from this state and, Oh, take a step back and how how I need to how do I need to deal with this? Yeah, beautiful man. Thanks for sharing that. The the shadow mm. the shadow is just one of the most potent areas that we can start to reveal in ourselves, say, hey, for change, for personal change. Mm. For those who are thinking like, what is it? It's the parts of you that you deny, you reject, or you suppress. It's simple. Mm. It's the stuff that you will only probably some of it you'll take to the grave with you, some of it you just will probably never can like the thought of revealing it makes you embarrassed and like nervous, yeah. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So the people thinking that, oh no, I don't have any of that. Well, you know, I'll, I'll invite you to look a little bit deeper, <laughs> and you'll see that you know. Yeah, it comes, now, if this is up in your judgment, so if, it, if it's like mm. you monitor your judgments of you know mental or verbal judgments, if if you if you if you throw them out a lot, opinions and your criticism, that's where that's where you'll notice it will lead. It will start leading you to your shadow. There we go. Beautifully put. Uh, what's one thing that challenges you right now, Pav? Um, one thing that challenges me. Actually, there's, there's a lot of things that challenges, uh, are challenging right now. <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> um, one thing that's challenging me, I think, is just the outlook of people uh, on what's actually happening right now in the world and how 
um, not to get into conspiracy or anything like this, I, I, I just have an unpopular opinion about some of these things. And um, I think the outlook of people how... What's one of your unpopular opinions? What's your favorite unpopular opinion? Let's talk about it. Oh, man. It's... Um... <laughs> <laughs> We're opening a can of worms here, dude. Um, one of the unpopular opinions is that I think right now this whole uh, agenda pandemic agenda is a little bit hoax, right? So it's a, it's a PCR pandemic, not a COVID pandemic, right? So that's kind of, it's a P- and again, a PCR is a PCR test um, that they use to, 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 to test whether people are COVID positive or not. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's one I can probably go with, with more, but uh yeah. Again, I'm not saying that, you know, people should go and do this. I, I realize that there's two types of people generally, right? There's this people who are saying, you know, the, the most predictable reaction of a human being is denial, right? Which is su- supported by fear. Oh, no, this is, this is not correct. This is not wrong. Or this is not right. Your conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. On the opposite spectrum, you have the people, this is conspiracy. Go and check this. The other day. I'm trying to stay in the middle. Like, okay, here are the facts. Here's to know what you think. If you have seen this or this, or you've read this and this, let me know what you think. Yeah. This is it to the point where I'm yeah. not trying to react, but trying to say, okay, here's the evidence or let me know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what is, you, you said your girlfriend's a doctor? Yeah. Yeah. A medical doctor? Uh, she's, she's, I think in her fifth year right now to, to study. So yeah. Oh, wow. So what does she think about COVID? Uh, so initially we started, she saying, no, 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 COVID is... No, I don't want to drag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get into trouble. Don't worry. You're dragging me under the bus. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Um, so, I think that uh, we're in agreement that, with the fact that there is definitely a, a a virus, right? So denying it would be probably silly at this point, right? There is definitely um, a virus there, and I think we agreed on that. She's projecting, saying, "Well, there's." That this amount of deaths, I went to the CDC website in the US and showed, okay, actually it's uh, 99.7%, I think is the um, the rate of um, of people that actually, sorry? Survival, you said? like a Yeah, sorry, survival rate. Yeah, I was actually couldn't find the word. Uh, and then the PCR tests, this is something that I'll try to kind of explain with the best way possible. Whenever people are taking these PCR tests and they're taking the DNA here, this, uh, these particles, which are taken with this kind of, you know, thing that they're putting into your, uh, into your nostril, they need to be a little bit augmented, right? So they go through these cycles. If these cycles are over 35, I think, then even, uh, then these, um, PCR tests will be showing false positive in 97 or plus percent of the times. Most of the tests are actually on the 45 cycles, right? So there is a huge discrepancy there, which she, even she didn't know, right? So I'm not sure if you kind of, if people are still following, you know, to confuse people. And again, this is may, may spark a lot of conspiracy, but go and check it out. Like I said, go, these are the facts that I know. If a PCR test is more than 35 or 45 is definitely 35 in some cases even over 25 cycles that is going to be showing false positives meaning that the test is not going to detect the virus mm. this is something that even the actual founder which i think um the creator of this pcr test which passed away in 2019 which i think won a nobel prize for he said the pcr test is great but it's not going to detect any viruses I think I'm, I'm hopefully I'm not jinxing this, but I think this is something that he said. So interesting. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting, man. There's definitely a lot of perspectives and thought mm. going around about COVID. <laughs> for sure. I honor you for just standing in what's right for you and what feels good for you, dude. And, and you don't strike me as one of these guys that just like shames and, and ridicules people for what they believe in, but you just, you seem like you just slide the fact, you stand up mm. the facts under the door and say, this is for you if you don't want it that's cool but i'm going to stand in that so i admire, yes, admire that all right what's unconditional love mean to you man hmm. i think accepting again maybe coming back to this uh with the risk of repeating but i'll try to come from a different perspective is really accepting all parts of myself myself like mm, uh, 
my body, everything that I've, I've been through, all the traumas that I've had to, to go through, um, breakups, people around me, just really be in a state of um, peace, I would say. Mm-hmm. This is what it means by conditional love. Being there and understanding that we are, uh, again, as it's, it's cliche as it sounds, really genuinely connected. Maybe through ways that we cannot quite see right now and, you know, kind of express through our five senses. But I genuinely believe this wholeheartedly in my heart that we are connected as people. It's probably a little bit difficult to, it's one of those things difficult to express with words and verbalize it, you know, talking about semantics, but it's something that you, you, you can feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is, this is, I've, I've had a couple of times, maybe because it was psychedelics, but I really felt wow, this is what unconditional love is. Everything is happening. Everything is kind of having its own purpose and things are somehow working in a symbiosis, in a, in a, in a weird balance, right? So I was like, wow, it was a, it was a state of bliss. Yeah, psychedelics can definitely do that to you, eh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. In, in like a really, you know, empowering way, they can be, when you, when you, I think when you, you, you sound like you had it like for an intentional intentional like session healing session was it or um so i did it when i was 29 uh, one of my buddies uh shout out to ruben if he's watching this uh he's also started on his uh men's work journey so he told me dude you you're so spiritual you're meditating you're doing breath work you're taking all these cold showers you're doing jujitsu um how about you know why why haven't you done psychedelics and i said hmm Okay. And he said, you know, don't make the distinction that psychedelics is the be all and end all. It's like supporting wheels, right? Whenever you're learning to ride a bike, it's just supporting you on your journey to become more spiritual, more open, conscious, etc. human being. Mm. So I thought about it a little bit. And for me, it was important not to take it from a point of scarcity or if I'm in, in a low point in my life, because I know that's going to uh, um, affect the, the actual journey. Mm. So again, I was curious. I checked with my mother. Okay, do we have any mental illnesses in the family? I took like a half of a of a acid instead of a whole thing, and uh, poof, wow. <laughs> everything else is <laughs> everything. Everything else is <laughs> yeah. I, I'll probably spend hours talking to you about the tens of thousands of galaxies I visited, but that's going to be probably one or two percent of what actually happened. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's mm. it's something next level, brother. Mm. cool man what, what about a greater power this leads us into the last question do you believe in it <laughs> and what is that to you i mean <laughs> i do believe you know when i was on psychedelics uh and then further further down i tried also ayahuasca uh, ceremony um i felt i was connected to this higher power uh, which ultimately was love and again this is gonna sound oh this is like too hippie and you know what People say this, but I think once you peel everything, uh, once you start peeling the onion, all the layers, you go down to the, the very single thing, which is love. Everything starts from there, right? John Lennon, maybe because he wasn't so many psychedelics, was you know singing about this. But um, I do believe there is something like that. Um, and yeah, you know, the funny thing is that me and my me and my buddy that we were doing psychedelics, we were. You know, I'm speaking and speaking and speaking and he's kind of talking and I look at him and I realized maybe for two or three hours, we didn't say a word. And then we could literally, yeah, we could literally like, oh, you said this? And we started laughing at each other. Nine months later pass, I'm going to my ayahuasca ceremony. I haven't spoken to him in nine months. Guess who shows up at the very same ceremony on the other side of the world? You're You're kidding. I kid you not, brother. I'm speaking my truth. That is beautiful, man. Same thing there. We that went through. Happens. You just go like, how? Exactly. I mean, this is the higher power I'm talking to you about. This is probably the best way I could probably portray it because I want to give a story rather than me trying to regurgitate something that you know I, I've experienced. But <laughs> same thing happened there. Me and him were touching. Obviously, this is within the actual ceremony. We're touching foreheads. We could see he was talking about his mother. Because you know she, she she passed away, and I was like, brother, I'm here for you. And we didn't say a word, bro. We're sitting there, and again, for people that maybe haven't had any psychedelic experiences, it's the, probably the best thing. I'm gonna say what my my best friend told me. It's the best thing that 
or one of the best things I've experienced that's really changed my life, but I would not recommend it. Yeah, 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 I agree. There's a lot of responsibility in something like this, so it's not like something you should take lightheartedly. You've said that perfectly, man, because I say the exact same thing. It's like, don't go searching for it. Don't go rushing for it. Don't do it out of scarcity, like you said, because like, I need to change and I'm going to do it. No. Mm -mm. And it will rip you up and tear you to shreds if you go on like that, right? Like, Dude, I went into past lives and experienced death and I saw my brother die and all these kind of things. So this is not for the... You need to do a little bit of work. Like, don't go there. Ground foundation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that, man. Mm -hmm. Glad you said that. Um, <laughs> but that's not the first time I heard that about the communication, the telepathic communication. I, I heard that uh, another friend of mine, a good friend in Bali, he uh, he was saying him and his friend were across, and he wasn't even doing this intentionally. He was doing it more in the party. But he's a very spiritual guy who sort of connected to that a bit later in life. And he was partying, and they had he had LSD, and he him and his friend at a bar were literally talking to each other for, and he goes i can hear your words and he was like i can hear yours too and <laughs> like exactly what you just said and i mean this just goes into like the next level of what what is this you know who we truly are and what we are and mm -hmm. to open our awareness up just a little bit more to that because that's that's wild man but yeah dude yeah i was speaking with my girlfriend she was saying i was sitting in starbucks last thing just to wrap this up i, I could literally see a fault travel from one person to another Cause she's a, she's doing more and more Reiki. So she kind of sees people's auras and yeah, it's wild, man. There's something definitely there. So I think this kind of wraps up this section of, yes, there is a higher power and but difficult to describe it. But. That's cool that she's doing Reiki and that as a medical doctor, man. That's really, that's really awesome. I, I think she's at a pivotal point in, uh, sorry, pivotal moment in her life where I think she's going to turn and become more of a healer. Because mm. uh, she has experienced the system here, and she kind of sees, wow, it's not really what I, I'm aspiring to. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that um, I'm actually, yeah, I'm hopeful and positive that things are gonna unfold for her. Awesome, man. Awesome. Let's get into your personal journey now, Pav. What did your life look like as as unwoke, as unconscious, as unaware, and and how does that compare to who you yeah. are today? Oh man, um, I think I was. As far as I remember, I had issues with self-worth and self-esteem. Uh, whenever I see something great that had happened, um, whether someone is driving a, a beautiful car or is with a, you know, created something or built something, a company or whatever it is, like we live in a material world or part of it is material. Um, I, I all, all honestly thought, wow, this is probably created by an alien. I, I could never picture myself creating a beautiful car or building something like this. So even a building a great physique, at one point I wanted to be a bodybuilder, right? Because this is why I kind of aspired to, you know, I looked a lot of um, Cartoon Network at the time and like all these like mini animations where you have like these bulked up, uh, you know, characters and uh, action figures. And um yeah, like incredibly, incredibly detached, I think, from reality as a, as a kid. As a, as a young man, very low self-esteem. I was really looking to for my clique to, to really I eventually end up in a gang, um, which was very counterproductive. We were drinking a lot, taking drugs. Um, and it, deep down, I knew something wasn't right, but I thought, okay, this is my clique. This, these are my people. I'm incredibly loyal when it comes to friendships. I'm like the the, the mob, right? You, you, it takes a while for you to come in, but once you're in this circle, you don't get out. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, I was really looking for approval a lot. Mm, um, interesting. I, I can probably I can probably spend a lot more time on this, but I think that pretty much sums it up. Like anything related to women, I was the typical nice guy looking to cater to every a wimp of a woman. Um, you know, I was my my my, my mother actually uh, brought me up as a, as a man, and she was a dance choreographer. So naturally, I was around a lot of women, and I was never, you know, uh, I was a little bit shy. But because there were so many women around me, I was probably three or four guys and like maybe twenty girls at the time. Uh, I always had uh, female attention, so I never really thought about, mm, okay, how do I become a man? This whole notion of becoming a man was just like alien to me. Like, what are you talking about? Mm. Um, yet there were people that I was really aspiring to, but I, I couldn't figure out how can that man over there who is exact size, size like me, speaks the same, et cetera, et cetera, 
has so much confidence and belief in himself. I could never have that. Like, why is that? Mm. And it took me, I don't know, until I was like 21 or 22, also because of a woman, I fell in love. But because she was, A, she was a little bit older than me, and B, she was actually dating an even older guy. I was like, wow, there's something really weird here. Like I'm feeling the dynamic is, this is can almost slip through my fingers if I don't act something. So I realized I need to really change something. So I went to Google, like how to be an alpha male. And that kind of led me on, on this journey for the last 11 years mm. to, to arrive at men's work. Wow. I'm a lot more conscious. Yeah. Wow. It's almost like I was taking the gifts from the older man through the form of this woman mm. to really teach me. Because at one point she told me, you know, I, I usually date older guys and I don't, I don't get the same feeling with you when I'm with you. So, right. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> That's a big red flag for me. So it really made me think, okay, how, how do I actually grow up? Right. How do I you know, level up and even go to the next level? So that was uh, through all personal struggles. Um, that, that was quite the journey for sure. Geez, that would have been like, like from a younger version of you would have taken that. It would have been a big hit to hear that. You're like, oh, well, I'm not a man enough for you. And then, you know, but also the gift, the gift to get, to lead you to where you are now because it got you to inquire within and, and go deeper. Dude, I have the utmost respect for, not only for that woman, but everybody who somehow uh, pushed me or crossed my boundaries because that I really see that as a gift, right? There are certain things that I wouldn't necessarily, I was having actually this conversation with my mother the other day that I thought at one point that it's okay to forgive everything, but I think there's certain things that you don't necessarily forgive. But then again, I'm thinking, but you have to forgive yourself for whatever happened, right? Mm -hmm. And even that person see that as a gift, see that as an opportunity for you to really level up to go to the next level. So, when you see things from that lens and that perspective, it's very easy to, to let go and just embrace and again, be in a, in a state of contribution and giving your gifts to the world. Mm. So yeah, I, yeah. Every single time something like this triggered me, it wasn't because of the person, it was because like, oh wow, they're actually pushing buttons here that I'm totally unaware of. So how could I potentially be angry or uh, I'm just incredibly grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, I feel that man. And And the funny thing is, is like, well, it's not funny. I, I I completely feel the same way as you. It's like you got to, you get to a point where you just see that there is, eventually, maybe in hindsight, that there is so much purpose and beauty in all of these challenging moments that you've had. But you've got to look back and be willing to look at it that way. The people who mm-hmm. don't are the ones who blame and and are sort of like the, the filled with a bit of self pity because they can't yet see how it's happened for them and that's that cliche saying happened for you not to you know blah blah but that's the power man like i don't know about you but i'm programmed to see it that way now um i'm programmed to look at okay let's have a slightly optimistic at just least a slightly optimistic charge to ourselves that we can see the benefits and the possibilities of it being for us you don't have to be that toxic positive guy and be like, oh, man, oh. like, bro, but always go <laughs> complaining, man. complaining, you know? Yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody's on their journey. I've been through that, like, uber positive, everything is happy, happy, clappy, clappy type of experience. But it's, uh, it's not, man. It's, like, really, like, trying to take a step back. Okay, someone's actually pushed my boundaries here and pushed my buttons. Mm. Where is the gift in this? How can I... Like gift in what, what, if I'm yeah, if I'm reacting, if I'm reacting and not acting upon something, then mm-hmm. there's something. There's an opportunity here, brother. Amen. Uh, what's your, what was your biggest vice in that period? Going back to the younger version of you, you know, you my biggest to, vice was that it, or was this? Um, I would say uh, actually maybe yeah, biggest vice at some point until I was 18 was probably video games, mm-hmm. and after that. Uh, probably because what, what happened uh, until I was 18, I left the kind of the, the nest, the family nest. I went to a university here in Bulgaria, but after I think nine months, no, maybe after a year, I realized this is not for me. I quit and I went to London by myself. That was a first time on a flight. It was a yeah horror story, but I think the, the biggest vice was probably video games. And when I went back in, in, in London, Probably the biggest time waster was probably porn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
video games and porn. Yeah, yeah. You're Alcohol after 18, I kind of stopped. You're spending a lot of time at the TV and the computer screen, eh? Hey? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude, yeah. That's interesting, man. Thanks for sharing that. And and it's like it, that. How long did it take for you to sort of start to get rid of that? Like how many years until you started to say, "Oh, these are a bit of an issue." Video games almost instantaneously because I didn't have. A, I had a, a laptop and it was a really crappy laptop. So I was like, "Okay, I changed my environment." Immediately started to change my habits. Like I started reading, found personal development, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, like what's what happening here?" Like find personal development. Uh, I think I read the book about uh, Bruce Lee. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow, this is like an amazing thing. And then I read uh, Learn Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And I was just like, like. Book at like three times. So good. Dude, dude. Yeah, I was like reading it and rereading it and like scrabbing all over it. And I was like, wow. Okay. And then everything kind of opened up for me. I found neurolinguistic programming. And then the next step was me going in there and Immediately, I stepped in there. I was like, okay, I need to work for this guy and do whatever it takes. And um, that's kind of, kind of how things started, really. Mm, beautiful, man. What, <laughs> what emotion challenged you most growing up, uh, you know, through that unwork period? Was it anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, anger, sadness? I think everything that you said mixed in, in a very poisonous, toxic concoction. I would say anxiety, although I never really thought I had a... a an exact problem per se. I somehow I refused this label, but everything inside of me was uh, it's just like, well, why are you feeling so anxious? Why are you worrying constantly? For me, it was like I was a warrior, right? I was a professional warrior. I'm not a warrior, but uh, I was just worrying constantly. And afterwards, I realized, oh, this is so. This is actually anxiety. And like, oh, okay, kind of the penny drop. But I'd say that's probably been the biggest one. Mm. Yeah, thanks for sharing, man. What, no what what was that connected to in your past? Was that was that? Do you ever contribute that happening to something in your past that that, that fear was coming up, that anxiety was coming up? <clears throat> yes, I believe it was um, because of fear of authority. So every single time when someone has some expectations, and I think this kind of goes to this uh, typical nice guy syndrome, uh, you know. Nice guys, a little bit backwards, there is a great book. I can't remember the actual uh, author right now. Um, but he wrote a book and in there, basically, he was kind of giving a little bit of context around why a lot of men become nice guys. Is because whenever they were young, maybe the father or another male figure with authority was incredibly abusive, maybe to mm-hmm. the kids, maybe to the woman. And somewhere, the actual child switched, had a switch and said, okay, unconsciously decided I'm never going to be like that. I'm always going to be the nice guy. I'm always going to meet people's expectations, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And because of, because of that, I grew up like that. Mm. Excuse me. Um, I think me trying to fulfill people's expectations or someone in a position of power and authority mm. uh, that would have expectations from me. I was that, that constantly triggered it. Mm, interesting. And the lack of boundaries that I was really putting in there, like, I would suffer. I would be suffering in silence quietly. Yeah. But on the outside, I would keep the mask on. Yes, no problem. I'll be there for you. Yes, no problem. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, and and you've <laughs> let, have you found you've let that go and and yeah, started sp- speaking a lot of my boundaries. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I think it kind of. Uh, I was just saying, have you um you've let that go, but have you also are you still or are you still working on it? I mean, I think it's. The moment I think that I've I've uh, I've let go of something, I always kind of try to, like I said, keep an open mind for it because something might come out of nowhere. I've done a lot of work on this, like coaching and retreats and like releasing uh, anger and all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really setting up my boundaries. The first thing which I haven't done really ever was with my current girlfriend. We sat down and said, "Look, these are my boundaries. This is something that I think is unacceptable." And if, if things are crossed, then there's not going to be any dramas, but I'm just walking away, right? There's, there's no dramas. I'm not really into drama, but me communicating all those boundaries made me feel, whoa, like, why didn't I do this earlier? And she said, you know, I respect you a lot more because of it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nobody really ever properly sat down with me and communicate. These are my boundaries. Then she told me her boundaries and mm-hmm. just makes the, the relationship a little deeper. Mm. That's powerful, man. That's the, uh, that's a good lesson for anyone listening right now who's, who's going through something similar and, and cultivating those boundaries and saying, hey, this is what I accept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a journey, but that's awesome, man. Yeah, for sure. What sure. did you crave most growing up and who did you have to be to get it? Um, definitely my mother. And I think my cousin's relation, uh, relationship with my cousin. Um, I had to be... I don't know. With, with my mother, I had to be the kid. Mm, good question. Um, see, when I listened to the interview, I was just like, okay, I thought I had an answer. I'm like, mm, okay. <sighs> I think I'm so lucky in the sense that, and also it gave me a lot of lessons, which I'm not going to coin as negative, but it really gave me a lot of, uh, a lot of things to think about and work on myself. For my mother, I, I, I just had to be me. She really loves us unconditioned. That's a great example of, and I don't really talk about that much about women in my videos because even though 70, 80% of my audience is actually women, mm. everybody came from a woman. I have an incredible relationship with my mother. Uh, she is someone that I, in so many ways, um, I just had to be me there. She didn't, she really accepted me as who I was. Of course, she every now and then she would yell at me, but for the most part, um, she keeps saying that we are her life mm-hmm. and I have to say to her mom that's a lot of responsibility responsibility to be putting on me for your happiness but we still kind of find a way to kind of work through that mm. um, so that's kind of that for my for my cousin I don't know it's a, it's a, I really looked up to my cousin because he was kind of this muscular um, you know he was rowing crew he was like super jacked and this is how i started working out etc etc so for me who I, who I needed to be i think i needed to be very obedient around him mm. very like yeah cool whatever you say because he was the man in my eyes right he was like the guy of like women loved him mm. you know he's relatively short he's not like a super tall guy but the charisma he's like throwing jokes left and right he looks jacked uh and i was just like well, I didn't have any other role model, so he was the closest role model that I had. So I was just like, okay, whatever you say, I'm gonna do it. Mm, interesting. Was he? Did you have any older siblings, or was it just yourself? Uh, I have a younger brother. Younger brother. Who? Yeah. Who we have? Uh, we've inc- you know improved our relationship significantly ever since I kind of started on this personal development journey. I think with every year, it's getting better and better. Yeah. We're very, very different. He's a little bit more, um, you could say probably introverted. Uh, I'm more open, like going, like I'm talking to people. I like the whole interaction. I'm just genuinely curious around it. Um, but uh, I realized, yeah, I realized that uh, the biggest impact I could have on him rather than having conversations, although that is important, you just lead by example. Do mm-hmm. my do my purpose, passion, whatever you want to call it, and then he's going to get influenced by that. Mm, awesome man and uh, what about your father was he around my father um he was around but he wasn't present if this makes sense um and i think this i'm actually going through this right now in my own life where i'm trying to heal um generational wounds triggers in uh things that i probably inherited and i do believe you do inherit some some of this through your genes Mm. Um, I had a, a conversation with him maybe, I'd say probably four or five weeks ago, and this has been ongoing. I'm trying to get more and more to really understand who is my dad. I, I have this person in my life, but I really know, know him that well. You know what I mean? Um, mm. <laughs> and um, I think maybe the same thing that I'm experiencing, he also experienced. And I think my also grandfather who passed away many, many years ago, I think also experienced as well. So, um i realized that you know the uh, uh, a friend of mine who was actually on the podcast his name is kevin Hiller, said to me something that really was very profound he said the boy sees his father through his mother's eyes mm. i was like mm, okay and because yeah my my father and my mother they don't really have a they have a, i would say dysfunctional relationship so because me craving more the 
the the love of my mother um she would project all the things negative things about my father right because mm-hmm. she is not getting maybe the love from him and this kind of trickles down into into the children interesting mm-hmm. so this is something you're healing now hey is like getting that seeing the benefits to what your father's come to teach you in this life for sure for sure i um i'm trying to do it for myself first and i realized that he's probably dealing with struggling with something like this although it's very difficult to admit right men do the typical masculine thing is just sweep everything under the carpet and forget about uh just forget about it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> forget about it. and it's like okay that but like it's it doesn't work like oh forget about it. <laughs> and i'm like mm, okay like We'll speak again about this. Like I've learned the, the value of humor to put in something like this because he's always going to, whenever we're speaking, he's becoming more and more open. But every single time you speak to your, your parents, you know, if, if you're lucky enough for them to be around, mm-hmm. they're always going to see you through that lens of, oh, this is little Pav and this is little Nick. And they're just, you know, the, the, the boys that I grew up to love. And now they're, uh, you know, uh, old men or, you know, adult men. But um, yeah, you have to work through this through humor. Mm-hmm. amen man amen what was the lowest point in your life pav talk to me a little bit about that now brother and and was suicide ever a factor for you uh, the lowest point in my life i had a i think a low a lot of low low points um I would say, let me start from, from, from the back of, of your question. I, I thought about physically doing something in terms of suicide, but I never really thought about it seriously. I thought, mm, okay, what's going to happen if I was to jump through this, for example, but mm-hmm. I never really considered it seriously. I was like, you know what? There's a way out through this. Like, don't give up. But this is where I kind of switch on that extra. Every single time I, I, I do something like this, I, I think about that scene in Terminator movie where, you know, he's like being like, there's like a big uh, spear or, I don't know, a metal roll through his body. And then he's like kind of dies and then rip, like emergency battery activated. It's like, okay. <laughs> so for me, for me, it was like, um, I was like, okay, cool. That's okay. We've hit rock bottom. What can we do from here? Um, I think probably, oh man, I hit like a, like the last 10 years have been a roller coaster. I could probably put in, in my physical, biological 10 years, I could probably put a whole lifetime. Maybe it sounds a little bit arrogant, but mm. my buddy told me like, you're playing, if we were to play a game, we would play the highest level, like the most difficult, most difficult level. Um, so I'd say um, probably when, when I arrived in London, no no english whatsoever we were living in a five five bedroom house with one toilet i think 12 or 13 people in there um i was almost i was i wasn't homeless but i was having a a girlfriend at the time and i was had to sleep on her couch for a few months no yeah maybe a month or so Um, yeah the first six or seven months so I spent all my money. I was just like, okay, what do I do now? I didn't, I thought I was going to a vacation, man. Like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm going to go to London. I'm going to pimp myself out with a car, with a nice girl, yada, yada, yada. Dude, I'm going there. I'm like, what the hell did I just do with my life? I'm landing there. Total cultural shock. Like I'm thinking I can speak English, which I'm still trying to do to, to this day. But dude, yeah, it, 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 was, it was rough, man. Um, it was very rough, and then, uh, like that. Read that. Yeah, go ahead. And so, what what led you? Say, think about one of those points. Like, what led to a, like one of the most significant moments of awakening for you? See, to where you are now, you've got you've had some insights, right? And you've and you've read things, you've learned things, you've seen mm. lessons and things. What one of those low points led you to the most significant moment of awakening on your journey? Mm. I'm trying to think let me let me tune into this i think the moment where i met uh one of disney ceos so i um i i worked for disney uh, for a year or so 
and we were in this kind of EMEA region, so uh, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. So they have this huge office in, in London. And at the time, I was reading the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss, the, specifically the chapter to be unrealistic and unreasonable. And uh, naturally, I'm a curious intern at the time. Like, okay, I started interviewing people because I was I had this imposter syndrome, right? I, I how did like how did I get into this big company in the first place? I don't belong here, sort of thing. Um, it, um, and eventually, I started interviewing people, and eventually went up all the way to the CEO. And that's where, wow, I, I meet this person. That really kind of, whoa, actually this you know, meeting this kind of super successful person isn't reserved for the few, for the privileged. Actually, people can do it if you're a little bit smarter. Um, I, but your question was, how did something in that low point led me, led me to something like this? To your, um, yeah, what did he teach you? What did this Disney CEO teach you or show you in that moment? He actually didn't taught me that much. Actually, it was myself teaching or showing myself that, you know what? If you're a little bit smarter and you're willing to work hard and smart, you yep. can, you know, you can meet people and just use this superpower that you have, which is to, to listen, to build rapport, to be curious and just really get into, uh, get into in a good relationship with someone like that. That's, that's my, that's my uh, mojo, if you will. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, that was, you know, and have the balls to do that, right? Have the guts to do that. Like I thought before sending the email, okay, what's the worst things that could possibly happen? People could fire me for meeting a CEO, even though it's probably, even it, was, it wasn't even remotely true. I said, okay, what's the worst case scenario? Okay, boom. I send the email a couple of days later, Pav, sorry for taking a while to respond. I'm like, don't worry about it. And uh, I, end up, <laughs> I end up meeting uh, meeting the guy. And that that point there, and it wasn't so much for me, it was actually other people said, what, you really did that? Like all the interns started sending messages, dude, this is amazing. My, my manager, the moment he realized this, he was like, you did what? Like, and then everybody, the whole team sat down. And so I told him everything and I'm like, wow, okay, you can, you can actually, if you do something, you know, good, mm. um, let, let, let those, these, let those words, uh, sorry, not words, but those action, be the best example of the type of man you want to be, for example. So, and, yeah. And what, what sure this answers the question. What were you emailing him for? Uh, so I just wanted to understand what a man in his position is actually doing, right? Because I got into kind of business and entrepreneurship and like, okay, I'm trying to understand what is actually happening here. So, uh, as I said, I, I climbed the ladder of speaking to a director, then a senior director, then a VP. And I'm like, okay, what's the, what's the top at the top, right? Go to, go to speak with the CEO. Uh, so I, I was reading a book at the time called, um, no, uh, like I said, four hour work week, he says, be unrealistic and unreasonable use. So if, for example, I want to meet you, Luca, I'll send, I'll do a little bit of research on you. I'm like, okay, what, what is Luca uh, interested in? Okay. He's interested in the Walkman podcast, getting more facilitated, on and spreading the message. Right. So uh, what I emailed him about is before, I decided to email him. I went to this conference. He was speaking there about a, a book called Good to Great by Jim Collins. So I'm like, okay, cool. It took me a, a week or so in my lunch breaks. I was listening to the, to the book Good to Great that he, the, the CEO read. I took a concept and just applied it to Disney. And I said, hey, Mr. Diego Lerner, uh, my name is so-and-so. I work under this company. You had a great presentation and a great book, which I read, by the way. I was hoping to, if you could tell me what is the hedgehog concept, as the question, apply to Disney. I appreciate your time. I understand you're a very busy man. It probably is very unli unlikely that or receive a reply, but it will mean the world to me if you send me a, if you send me a message. Thanks. That was pretty much it. And Yeah, and then he was like, oh, okay, cool. And I was kind of playing on scratching a little bit the ego as well as um, like he wants to talk about something and he's probably going to look good because he's speaking to the intern. So yeah, I was kind of um, banking on, on that to, to, to get me to the meeting. Fuck man, that's awesome. What's the hedgehog principle or concept? I think the hedgehog concept, oh dude, this was like six years ago. I can't even remember. I was just like looking for a specific concept to take and just shove it into like shove it into my email and send it over to him. If I'm not mistaken and again people can uh can correct me in the comments of that i think it was kind of the, the superpower of disney what was the hedgehog so jim Collins, this is yeah i read it quite a while back so i can't quite remember and 
Collins is who? Is he the Disney CEO? Jim, uh, no, Jim Collins is the author who read good to uh, sorry who wrote good to great book. Okay. Why certain companies uh, become excellent and like make a fortune, and others are uh, kind of you know uh, dying quietly. Um, and so, oh, and I think it was like the superpower. How does the hedgehog principle work in Disney? How does Disney do it? Yeah, this was my email uh, to him, and he he told me something along the lines. If I remember, dude, if I if I tell you that the moment I walk in, uh, the yeah, the moment I walked in, everything my mind was blank. Like I was so like, whoa, what's happening here? Like again, the imposter syndrome of I'm not meant to be here. Like how did I how did I end up speaking to this dude in the first place? I don't remember much because I was like shaking, like in trying to trying to uh, ask the question. But I think what he told me specifically about the hedgehog concept, the superpower of Disney was the storytelling. Mm. This is why they're so, so good at really storytelling, really something, sometimes taking a, uh, already an existing brand or property as his, how he used to coin the, or you used to refer to this as and make it even better. Uh, example is what, you know, when they bought Marvel, for example, and, you know, make this huge blockbusters, Avengers, etc., etc. So I think that's, that's that, that was his reply. That's wicked, man. Love that. So what was, uh, what was the biggest, you know, I can see that healing, healing was a big part of your journey, right? And you've talked about shadow work and stuff. What healing modality helped you most as you awakened through your own journey, you know, to, to be where you are now? What modality helped you most? Um, I would say it was multiple. I would say body therapy the most. Mm. Um, so I've trained in neurolinguistic programming, which is predominantly working with language and senses, et cetera, et cetera, coaching also. But the moment I found um, bioenergetics, for example, where you can literally begin to start to heal all these wounds that we have, like certain patterns in the body. This For people that know bioenergetics, is just the whole relationship you know, between your mind and body, psychosomatic relationship, um, if you're experiencing a lot of stress, chances are something like this is going to manifest somewhere in the body. Maybe you're really tense up here in the shoulders uh, or something in the solar plexus, etc., etc. So I would say that's one of the things that really brought me the most healing. I had a very potent session without getting into too much of the specifics. Um, a potent session with the guy that I was seeing, Michael, where we did a little bit of gestalt therapy, mixed when a little bit of i won't say body work but really just using the body to push against the wall and scream and yell and and i cried a lot uh so that was incredibly potent for me to, to kind of heal um old old uh, old wounds and traumas mm, awesome man and what are you doing consistently now any any modalities that you do often at the moment uh bioenergetics yeah yeah um i'd say that that's probably the I have this tendency, and I'm not sure about you. I'm, I'm also curious to know. It's like when I when I figure out something that's working, I, I try to do more and more and more. But I also look at okay, what are some of the other things that are around it that could also potentially do benefits in uh, or, or create a benefit or augment the the effect of something like this. And I tend to sometimes take a little bit too many things on my plate uh, rather than really focusing with one thing that's really giving me that. I'm still getting a lot of a lot of uh, benefits from it, so uh, I'd say bioenergetics for now. Even though I've done breath work, um, and that had a profound impact um, mm. when I did it the first few times, almost like it was a similar experience to psychedelics. Like I started crying at one point because it was just like so intense. Mm. Um, doing it for 45 minutes, mm. it's... I just breathing. Yeah, mm, yeah. Oh, so. Body therapy in, um, in general has been probably the most significant thing. Epic, man. Epic. What about your friend group? How has that changed as you've changed? Um, like I said, my, my friend group, I would really determine is, is brothers. Mm. Like, uh, like I said, I'm a little bit like the, the mobsters in the mafia, right? It takes a while for you to get into this close circle, but the moment you get in, most of the times, 99% of the times, you don't, uh, you don't get out. Mm -hmm. And these are, again, men who are trying to better themselves. We have similar interests in terms of um, personal growth, if you will, 
um, martial arts, uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, for me, it's getting, becoming more and more men's work. But uh, one of my buddies is, be, you know, wants to become a director. He was actually the person. We all actually, all three, two or three of us, actually grew up in the same town. Mm. One of the guys that went to London, who was like, yeah, he was like 12. Yeah, I'm going to go to London. And afterwards, I'm going to go to New York. Mm. I'm looking at this guy and I'm like thinking, you're proper crazy, dude. Like, what are you smoking right now? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I think my, my, my friend circle and people around me have changed tremendously. Say when I was 15 to where I was uh, even... 19 when i was in 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 university the first year before i uh dropped out it was like people who are you know going out and drinking naturally well, this is what first year students do right uh but after that most of the people that I actually met i'm still friends with yeah yeah there's people that aren't um aren't content with something they're still looking for the next step for the next step they'll always be open-minded and curious yeah mm-hmm. yeah Interesting, man. What part of your conscious journey are you most grateful for, Pav? All of it. All of it. All of it, man. I know it sounds weird, but without those lessons and all those traumas that have happened to me and wounds, um, I wouldn't be who I am right now. Mm. Um, I could say when I was in Thailand, I had a great time. But of course, of course, I, I experienced a lot of uh, sad things as well, a business breakup, which was very hard for me. Mm. uh with uh with a buddy of mine uh but really all of it man i'm yeah <laughs> my body is experiencing my mind through all of this that's happening right now so mm. yeah i'll say yeah mm. beautiful man it's, it's not the first time that's been said that's for sure I, really I, yeah no no for sure man mm. there's all mm-hmm. of it everything the highs the lows <laughs> it all it all leads to something Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, man. Last question for you. What's one tip that you would give your old self who's just starting this journey? Just keep going, brother. Actually, you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell him anything. I'll just sit down and listen. Mm. I'll sit down and listen what this this other younger path version of me is gonna tell me. But uh, if I would have one advice, is keep going. You're doing great. Mm. I like that man listening looking 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 back yeah and also yeah just listening right because that younger younger self had so many questions so many worries like being anxious like well what about this and what about if i do this but this is gonna happen like relax keep going chill man chill you're all good yeah 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 well it's been beautiful man thank you very much for your time pav um i know it's late over there where you are and, and you've had a big day so i appreciate your time for sharing your message man Likewise, thank you very much. Also, look at what you're doing, brother man. Keep mm. going. Thank you, man. Keep thank you. What needs it. Thank you to everyone for listening and tuning in. If you have any questions, again, drop me a line. Drop have a line. You'll see there in the show notes our details. But keep just just keep going. Like like Pav just said, just keep going. You got this. One step mm-hmm. in front of the other. It's a journey, yes. not a destination. Much love, everyone. Yes. And just be I got love in my eyes Bro, I can't see I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be Wokeness is taking my old self away Yeah, I put love into me I'm spreading that love Yo, don't you see Grab your cacao and drink it with me Cause wokeness is taking my old self away Woke man Wokey woke man Woke man Wokey woke man Woke man Wokey woke man Bring love and just be Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.